You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. South African bond yields have risen sharply in the last few days. With me to discuss it is Malcolm Charles, Portfolio Manager at 91 in Cape Town. Malcolm, I had this whole introduction worked out and I said, well, it's the perfect storm for bond yields in South Africa because of rising inflation. And that rising inflation has been exacerbated by the war in Europe. And it's been led by commodity prices, notably oil, wheat and corn, never mind things like nickel. The war in Europe, as I said, making everything a little bit more rarefied. The South African Reserve Bank is in a rate rising cycle. And yet it's not the perfect storm. Can you imagine what would be happening if the RAND was on its knees as well? No, completely. And I, and I think that alone explains the market hasn't reacted to the inflation flea as you mentioned yet. That's very much a medium term. It'll be a problem with us for a long time and something that the bond markets around the world are going to have to digest properly. What the market is dealing with at the moment is a liquidity crisis. With Russia having, you know, their bonds have gone from 100 cents two weeks ago, and I think last night they closed at 4 cents in the in the ruble. They've been kicked out of the JP Morgan indexes, etc. at the end of the month. So a lot of fund managers are finding themselves in a bit of a quandary on how do I raise liquidity in these markets? And that's why our bond yields have been sold. Is you know, We are a very liquid market, so... We are a fantastic uh, source of liquidity in the short term. You know, you sell your good assets so that you get some sort of cash back in the portfolio. But, you know, obviously the result of that is, you know, we have big outflows. And interestingly, the biggest position, it's a bit technical, but, you know, the biggest overweight was South African government bonds, but headed back into, into dollars. So foreign investors would buy our bonds, earn the nine and a half, ten percent yield, yes. but then you know, would, didn't want the currency exposure. So they would do a forward contract and switch the rands back into, into dollars. So now that they want their money out, they've got to do the equal and opposite. So that is helping the rand fantastic because as they sell our bonds, and they've sold about 40, 50 billion rand of our bonds in the last two weeks. But at the same time, they've got to unwind the, the currency leg. So they're actually buying rands, selling bonds. So are you saying that makes sense? So are you saying, apart from the obvious positives of, of platinum group metals and gold and other heavy commodities, or bulk commodities rather, are doing very well, the bond transactions are actually a major, major pillar of support for the rand? Absolutely. So you've got the fantastic terms of trade, which has gone through the roof. So we've learned over the last 18 months, when terms of trade are going up, do not sell the rand because it, it gets supported. But on top of that, you've got this technical unwind of these bond positions, which are also have people buying rand selling dollars. It's quite an extraordinary situation, because I can remember maybe uh, three, I don't know, four weeks ago, times passing me by these days mm. with what's going on. But I can remember on a morning report saying, it looks as though this South African 10-year bond yield is going to break 9%. It was 9.05, no. I think, at the time. And yesterday, I looked at my screen, and it was close to 10.30, And the 52-week range has been, to be absolutely precise, on my screen anyway, 8.545% to yesterday today's uh, high yield of, as I say, close to, to 10.30. This has massive implications, does it not? No, very much so. So it's wiped out you know, a big chunk of, of, of that fantastic bond performance that we've seen over the last 12 months. The oil bond index is down over 4% on the month alone. And you know, it, it comes at a time when we had a, a semi-decent budget. The fiscus is in a very good shape. As you mentioned, the Saab is hiking, but you know, a very credible Saab. They've been preemptive in their hikes. 
So, you know, things were actually looking pretty decent and, and, and the macro picture was improving quite dramatically in South Africa. So it really has come at a shocking time for, for our recovery. Okay, but if you're an optimist, you say this is just a moment in time. This is just a technicality that you've so well described and everything will come back to normal. Or am I being too fanciful here? <laughs> I think we, we call it too hopeful. Um, yeah, I think what I've realized when you have these wars, this is not a macro event that's happened. Yeah, this is... Yeah, you know, this is a war that's been declared. Sanctions have been imposed, quite draconian sanctions on Russia. And and one thing you know we learned from our experience in the early 90s when the new South Africa happened, etc. It's very easy to impose sanctions. It's very hard to unimpose them. You know, it goes through Congress and the voting, and then people start tagging on other other requirements, etc. So it never happens as quickly. And Russia was a big emerging market, and and they, yeah, you, know, you start looking at the second round effects and everything like that. They they're quite big importers of our fruit, they're big exporters of wheat. They've got you know between them and Ukraine, thirty odd percent of the of the wheat production. So there's likely to to be a shortage, you know, in that regard because you you can't imagine that there are too many farmers wanting to harvest their wheat or, or, or drive in a tractor with a combine harvester with a couple of missiles flying overhead. So yes. you know, it's, it's that effect that drags on for a while. And then, you know, do they plant the next crop? You know, do they plant their summer crop, you know, when they're trying to rebuild the country or still fight a war with Russia? It's a lot of dragging on that happens, unfortunately. And also they banned exports. Uh, the Ukraine has banned exports yeah. anyway in order to, uh, if, if they can anyway, stockpile for the needs of their beleaguered population. No, very much so. Where do you think we go from here? Because as I said yesterday in the 1020s, the 10-year the anyway, it's pulled back today quite nicely, 14 or 15 basis points last time I looked, but still way, way above the levels that I described earlier on. What do you think from here, Malcolm? So it, 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 all, it all depends on some sort of resolution and everything like that. I think, I, I think if, if, if we see a reasonable peace deal between Ukraine and Russia that means that we, we can start move, moving forward, I think, I think the markets will calm down and I think I think the bonds will have quite a, quite a sharp snapback because I, I think South Africa as an asset class is a bit of a standout good one in the emerging market arena. The big risk is that this drags on well into you know, their summer and, and this becomes a lingering drag on growth drag on you know, increase inflation, it really puts central banks in a horrible position. So central banks almost had it easy in the COVID crisis because everything was disinflationary, so you could cut rates. You've got the exact opposite now. What do you do? You, know, you, you don't want to exacerbate the, the recession, but that's what you've got to do because you've got to fight this, this rampant inflation around the world. Yes, but uh, Mr. Powell, the chair of the U.S. Federal Reserve, did say it doesn't matter about the war. We are going to raise rates. I, I suppose it's at what sort of clip that they raise those rates. Do they start <laughs> with 50? Do they do a gradual uh, two or three 25 basis points just as a almost uh, token sort of inflation suppression? Or do they just stick to their policy and turn off their TV screens? Uh, look, I, I think initially they will stick to their guns. I think they'll do 25. I think he's already indicated that 50 is no longer on the cards. Mm. I, I think I think you see a 25 later this month. But, you know, remember, this is the same Fed that said inflation was transitory. And they said that for a long time until it wasn't that transitory. And then they suddenly realized they were behind the curve. So yes. 
when you've got unfolding slowdown of, of global economy, and, and I've seen estimates anywhere between 1% and 2% of global growth, depends how long this thing goes on for, it's a very different scenario to say I'm, I'm going to ignore everything and carry on hiking rates. Yes, in fact, Powell's uh, reputation hasn't done itself any favours because of that constant, constant transitory statement, which anyone, even someone like me, looking at a screen every day, knew that it wasn't transitory mm. because of the, the, the CRB index doing what it's, what it's done. What does this mean for your strategy at 91, Malcolm? So, so we were like, likely quite defensive going into this, and not because we expected the war and everything like that. All of us got that a little bit wrong, thinking that it was more sabre-rattling. The market had run very hard, and we were happy to, to take some risk off the table. We realized that the budget was a bit challenging. So we thought, okay, well, you know, let's take a little bit more for that as well. So we remained defensive. We increased our inflation-linked bonds in our portfolios because uh, that's proved to be a fantastic defensive play in the portfolio because it, it, it protects you against this rise in inflation. And, you know, I think we will look for opportunities, but much more in a tactical nature than, than trying to call the top. You know, I think there are going to be short-term opportunities uh, you know, for now, but I think you've got to keep liquidity in the portfolio. You've got to keep defensive and rather miss the first little bit of the turn than try and call the top and get completely steamrolled over. Goodness me, it sounds like your inbox is going to be very full for quite a while, Malcolm. Thank you very much for your insight. That's Malcolm Charles, Portfolio Manager at 91 in Cape Town. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.